0: He was on a I think BCG's podcast Stephen was uh, a couple weeks back I think was it was it a week or two weeks back or something and, I think uh, it was a week ago Was it a week ago? Yeah, it was okay last week. Know. Yeah, and he uh he jumped on there for their 100th episode and um you know the the main thing that really was like that he shared there was kind of talking about when the classes are going to be kind of releasing. Do you guys hear about that info?
1: I have not. Known. No. i was it's out in the bush. I haven't. <laughs> You're blindsiding me right oh, now. Oh, so. no. I yeah. wasn't sure if you guys yeah.
0: knew about this one. Daedalus, no. do you want to enlighten them on what they can expect with the classes coming up in regard to like the next alpha testing phase?
2: Live reaction right alpha here, two Yeah, I mean, they were, looking at, yeah, they were looking at all the um, base classes coming in and possibly some secondaries coming in for alpha 2. So Nice. <laughs> yeah. All the, like, oh, nice. <laughs> all, all, the, all the base classes. All the base classes, <laughs> like Steven said.
3: that's impressive i was expecting secondary classes within a smaller window but i was not expecting all the base classes not for the launch of alpha 2 that's awesome
0: seeking the horizon the pathfinder and his companions could barely gain visibility on the landmark it was still far off in the distance, but it was clearly a massive statue of some figure from history. This colossus seemed to have its head looking down, and from their perspective it appeared to be in a towering slumber watching over the long forgotten lands of Vera. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder i'm your host phoenix also known as Samorg. i'm joined today by our returning pathfinders let's so welcome back Dayless.
2: hello everyone
0: also welcome back half tilt hey hey folks how are you hanging and sir pasha go back dude
1: what's up gamers <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man i see a lot of love and chat welcome in friends and before we dig in too far we got to give a big shout out to the home of this podcast over at asheshq.com the community curated website for ashes of creation also a shout out to all of the imperial flames which are the supporters here on twitch youtube and patreon thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week my friends with that being said We do not have any call-ins, but if you'd like to call into the show and leave us a voicemail, you can call into 1-539-664-6801. And if you are so kind to give us a five-star review on iTunes, you can go over to our Twitter at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter, go to the pinned post there at the top of our feed, click on that iTunes link, leave us a comment, five stars. And if you do, we'll read that comment here on the show live. Nothing in the mail bag, but if you want to leave mail for us at the gmail it's ashes at gmail.com and that lazy pathfinder grunt will get it to us at some point in time here in the near future we can read that on the show too so gentlemen we've had a light cast for the past couple episodes we we call it uh well i guess technically dead daedalus and i were talking about it we were calling it like the og podcast i guess because it's like the earliest some of the earliest cast members was him and i and you know we were we've been covering things and holding down the fort as always, but it's always good to have more of the pathfinders on the show. We got Half Tilt and Pasha back with us today, which is great. So, um, gentlemen, I let let's catch up on the week. I don't know, hodgepodge mix it up a little bit. We like to catch up on what people have been up to since the last time they were here on the show, you know. But also, I guess Pasha and, and uh, Half Tilt, you guys can reflect a little bit on your biggest takeaways from, you know. The Ashes um Ashes of Creation live stream a couple weeks back. I think it was a couple weeks now. Is that right? Two weeks, shit, week and a half. Uh, yeah, yeah, two
1: weeks. All just right. over two. All right, cool. Yeah, gentlemen. All right, go on. Okay. Well, uh, for what I've been up to lately, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, working that old 70 hours a week and trying to stay alive. Other than that, uh mm-hmm. been doing my being uh, been doing my thing when I'm home, playing some Final Fantasy 14, Ooh. streaming, all that good stuff. Uh, but for what uh are my takeaways of the latest like um stream from Ashes of creation i guess the development the, the dev update yeah honestly like it was one of the best live streams they've done in such a long time it was so good filled with like new stuff that's not just like new mounts and new cosmetics for chairs mm. and tables i mean there was that there's always that but i (laughs) every month bb so yeah like um honestly what i love the most is what i talked about uh last time i was uh i was on the show Mm -hmm. um the races the character creators sneak peeks i freaking love that especially since one the dwarves look fantastic and the orcs look absolutely insane well then the renkais look absolutely insane i'm red team by the way oh like a (laughs) hundred percent um but yeah like that that was crazy um the second thing that like really hit home and that made me super happy is the optimization aspect that they showed for like a a thousand characters on screen that was crazy like seven fps to like roll around a, hundred, a thousand characters and then boom out of nowhere, just because they're changing how your GPU is going to like process characters. It goes from like seven to 21 FPS, which is insane. It's great for an MMO because it's one of the most important things. It's like an unreal, an unreal engine three. Uh, so like there are many games, many MMOs that were based off of that bless online, for example, and it was crashing when yeah. there was more than like 10 players on the screen. So like that was, that was a big deal, honestly, it was, it was freaking awesome. And just for an eye candy, the thing they did for like the node system, uh, simulation they did, mm-hmm. I could look at that. I could look at that going for like two days straight on repeat. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. I feel like you'd be seeing the matrix at that point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe that's what happens if you watch their live stream three, four, five times in a row. Maybe we gotta aim for that five number we talked about pre-show again. Maybe you can start to see the matrix if you watch it enough. Yeah, tilt it's been prepared, probably more prepared than us scrubs here on the show, or maybe just I'm the scrub. It's fine, but I only watched it twice. Same. <laughs> yeah, I, I've
3: wa- I've watched that live stream a few times, yeah. but that's not because it was like it, I I I I don't know what more I can say above and beyond what Pacha just. went through uh to be honest i feel like you got a pretty good synopsis of the entire thing um but i will echo that absolutely i've watched it a lot because i'm often distracted and busy with other things so it's just kind of there Mm -hmm. in the background and it you know it takes me a few times to piece everything together um (laughs) call me slow call me forgetful i'm old whatever um all those things but absolutely you know we got nodes three uh out of that seeing the simulation that was fantastic we've been wanting that for a long time so there it is uh enjoy (laughs) no seriously though like that was really cool to see um just all the permutations and how it goes and it's it's neat to see that they've created a tool to test the system in a way that would probably take even thousands of players a lot of hours to actually go through and try to build. Even on a heightened experience rate, Like you just can't beat that. they, they For a proprietary system in the node system to now have to come in and build a tool to test it out properly like that, to see how it evolves and how it grows, and then talking about how they're tying quests, it, modular quests into that growth as well is really, really cool. Because that's like I was on vacation for the last couple of weeks, so I had a lot of time to just sit around and think while I'm watching <laughs> an empty field and nothing going by. Um, and one of the things i'm sitting there thinking about like man i really hope that there is some really like in-depth character quests that really ties my class elements into that quest line like no other class can do this quest because they just aren't proficient with the skills and abilities to be able to get the job done make it unique like the assassin i want to be able to like infiltrate something and steal some hidden documents and get out maybe just like assassinate one mm. one key target and get out again not have to come in there like a fighter and just mow through everybody yeah. like it can all be the same scenario the same like overall thing that you're trying to do but everybody's approach to it is entirely different i want to see stuff like this like that'd be so cool to me and yeah. the modular quest system they're talking about i feel i like can play into that to an extent obviously Renkai's guys man those things are jacked that's like arnold schwarzenegger in commando days right there like i was looking at the arms on those things you could squish me with that, like just uh, bear hug. I'm toast, man. My little ranger self is gonna die a horrible death. and That was so, middle
1: ground, too, right? He said that's like mid of the scalers. Yeah. Man, I, I don't, I don't know where the steroids are coming from in Vera, <laughs> but they are on, they are
3: up there. Anyways. Uh, I, I I voted Team Green. I mean, I'm in the end, you're going to be stained red anyway from the bloodier enemies. Is, is the hope, but except for Sim, you know, walking the light, you know, That's
0: right. But you'll be yeah. all right. Walking the light, that, you'll be all that right.
3: That shiny, shiny new armor that just came out this month cannot be tainted. Mm-hmm. With no. such foulies as Ooh. the blood of those FOs, right? Oh, you got to keep that clean. You got to keep that blood off your shoulder.
0: I mean, you know, you, well, you can literally just like dip in the stream real quick. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that's not like a dark sim thing, okay? This is just like, if, we're talking about cleanliness and hygiene in the field, really, is what we're talking about so absolutely you gotta stay smelling
3: pretty right you get back to the tavern
0: yeah roses and shit yeah you know
3: (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna have the bard singing tales of your adventures you know that's gonna draw some attention maybe you're gonna go get a room then yes create some orphans yes you know
0: right so (laughs) wait
3: if you're gonna do that
2: you gotta be smelling
0: good that presupposes I fucking die homie what do you mean (laughs) Well
2: this escalated quickly. I know, right? <laughs> what the fuck? Kill Sim in game, let's go.
0: <laughs> this is what happens. We're way too long, right? Talk about we, we hit on like um, multiple points that we're gonna be talking about on the show today, too. So geez, man. Yeah, red or green, we'll kind of talk about that in a bit. Uh big takeaways from that. You know, the other one too is like the crazy part about that node simulation we talked about here, uh, was also the fact that like each second represents like 24 hours or something. You're like, damn. And that thing went yeah. on for minutes, man. If you watched the whole thing, because we had a clip. Metropolises
3: are supposed to take, what, like a couple months to be able to evolve to a metropolis or something?
0: Yeah.
3: Is there a yeah. timeline? So like that's, yep, yeah. Like you, you simply cannot test this in real time. It well, shows the
1: done. longevity of the system. Like they, it shows that like it's going to be sustainable. Proof of concept. Like, your are exactly, yes. your experience is not, going. it's not going to be an MMO that you play for two weeks and you're done. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be changing. In two years, it's going to be completely mm-hmm. different.
0: Man. And
1: every server, I know they touched on it, Steven touched on it too in the during
3: the thing, but every server's experience is going to be different from that. Like the end game potential for this is, it's why people still play Battle Royals day after yes. day after day after yep. day, because the player experience makes it different every time. Sure, the basic fundamentals are always the same, but the experience is always different. And this system yeah. is going to curate that so well
0: yeah i mean it's a good reference point too though it's the the variety of something like a battle royal. like i i get burned out by them, right i mean to be fair i have played some Fortnite recently but the the truth is is like you jump in there and you know some of it's just i mean you have variety like the different items are dumped to different places in some regard in specific to like fortnite for example right uh much larger elements actually can be like you know spawned differently to each match like currently right now I think a good example of that is like these cubes that are like in the game or whatever and you like like basically week to week the thing you know the 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 map changes which is one of the really interesting things about fortnite itself yeah it's a battle royale yeah battle royales you can tell you, how you are about them, whatever I've I've been playing it recently and actually enjoy the shit out of it again um and it's you know like the server stability feels really good compared to how it was when the game went first launched but the most specific thing about fortnite is that that map is in a constant state of change like they change and the t- right and it's live yeah exactly yeah. it changes week after week day after day play session to play session like each map mm-hmm. you jump in it's, there's something to be different and not just like where the weapons drop but like you know like world actual events. yeah world yeah. events landmarks etc will change so that's pretty significant and you see like you could see how like yeah sure the BR component but also like the the landscape changes and everything else you can see how that influences the the br genre itself it makes you know the fact that there's building and all these unique features right to that one well you look at ash as a creation and you go and you look at every second it's 24 hours and that thing went on for minutes so, i mean do the math that's it wasn't just like we're just gonna look at a couple months No, nah, man that was like much that bigger like 10 years. <laughs> like yeah, it's like yeah. A crazy time frame, right? So, you know, they had, what,
3: 111 nodes on there. 111, yeah. That you're going through all that yeah. to yeah. siege and I don't know they were showing like the health and all that like it was Jeez. obviously moving a little too fast for me to to really yeah. capture all that information in real time, but just seeing how everything's going to be destroyed, how you're going to have to come in and siege a node to knock it down a couple levels so you can grow something else and now I, you know, we know there's not going to be 111 unique raids in the game, yeah. One associated to every node, no way. Probably no. not even dungeons or world bosses, but a combination of all those things yeah. might actually get yeah. fairly close to that. And, Different kinds of mobs
1: that spawn and all that stuff. Absolutely. And tie into seasons too that they talked about like way back when, and they always keep hinting to it. Like when yeah. winter comes, the river that like the river fr- uh, freezes over, and you can cross it and You have access to a whole new part of the map that you didn't have. Mm
0: -hmm. Compact combat being influenced by the seasons too. Like in some regard. Yeah. I mean, so you talk about like all of these layers and it's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable to see that they were, that they have a simulation going. Cause a lot of people are like, I don't know, man. Are they really checking? Are they looking ahead? This is why I said last time we talked about it was, I mean, this is like proof that they're like considering all of the factors that they possibly can. Of how the node systems are going to work and um yeah you guys did you hear the so he was on he was on a I think bcg's podcast even was uh, a couple weeks back i think was it was it a week or two weeks back or something and I think uh, it was a week ago was it a week ago yeah it was okay last week no. yeah and he uh he jumped on there for their 100th episode and um you know the the main thing that really was like that he shared there was kind of talking about when the classes are going to be kind of releasing do you guys hear about that info
1: I have not no, no I was I out in the bush i <laughs> you're blindsiding me right oh now, no saying... I yeah. wasn't
0: sure if you guys yeah. knew about this one Daedalus no. do you want to enlighten them on what they can expect with the classes coming up in regard to like the next alpha testing phase
2: live reaction right or ladies alpha 2 yeah i mean Long they were looking deals. at yeah they were looking at all the um base classes coming in and possibly some secondaries coming in for alpha 2 so nice yeah all the all the base classes <laughs> he's like like, Steven said that's <laughs> impressive
3: i was expecting secondary classes within a smaller window but i was not expecting all the base classes all not for the, the launch of alpha classes. 2 that's awesome
1: oh Dude, my god i'm gonna be that's to huge progression like, yeah, yeah archer fighter <laughs> all the classes that i wanted to play that i've been waiting for i'm gonna be able to try them all out
0: yeah at least the base i'm gonna be able to
1: burn out on the game before i even start playing the actual game
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: get to that's... enjoy the
0: class dynamic before they go and probably change a lot of it yeah which i expect because we know that they're going to be changing a lot of the way the combat for the classes and oh, the, for sure everything works in general. So you get to get in and see the vision a bit. What yeah, going that's, why for. Su-
1: that's why. it's super nice that like they're releasing all the base classes and everything yeah. because they're going to get a lot of feedback from people. Yep, because like that's one of the main th- one of the main things that the battle royale mode that they did well, apocalypse did back in the day was like it was to test stuff, but it wasn't so much to test combat. Like they said, yeah, it's one of the things we want to check out and they got so much feedback on how floaty it was it didn't feel impactful and like they've been working on that they keep in contact they keep in touch with the community to to work on that so now they're going to be able to do that with like all the main classes this is insane
0: yeah it's a pretty exciting time man it might might get a chance to see what the paladin flavor is like with that cleric mm. combo baby give me some of that lights justice man let's get some of that shit <laughs> speaking of lights justice we got a little bit to share but we're going to get to it soon when when you guys were talking about green or red people might be like the what 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 what, what do you mean what do you mean dude so Asher's a creation status this week. There's the tweet in chat. You're going, but Sim, I'm listening. I can't see that. Uh, Sim, I'm I'm I don't see the link over on YouTube. This is why I encourage people to watch show live because then you get to you know you don't you don't have to wait, man, for when Pacha's jaw drops. He's like, oh, you know, or you know, you get to see it live. You get to react to it live, and you get to catch some of the things we're talking about when we show out the video or the imagery here on the stream or. Um, in chat and heads, don't you dare the lights overrated. Don't you dare try to taint my moment right now? That's coming up. Don't you do it? Don't do it. I, I won't be, I won't deviate. I will stay the course and lights justice will reign. and I'll give a damn what anybody here says. I'm going to enjoy this. This is for me. Okay. But first red or green. So they showcase the orc. This was on the live stream. Uh, I'm curious, though. You guys had different... You guys had color choices, right? Red, Mm -hmm. green? I'd go more red, and here's why, okay? Because I don't want the orcs of Ashes of Creation to somehow look like a rip of World of Warcraft orcs with the Fel-Imbued shit going on. This is why. Because I don't want them to be like, you just ripped off orcs from WoW, Man. They're green. I'd be like, no, just go red, right?
3: (laughs) Could you not change the skin tone and color of the ones in WoW? to still make it you, look reddish you, you could like yeah, you, the you default could-ish. one was green that was the one they yes. used in, the, in their cinematics yes but you could change your character you could to the same color yes and there Later was on, the, yeah. the,
0: which ones was it? there was the clan of orcs too the like Mag-Hart. the maghar yeah. orcs there yeah they're you know not tainted or whatever but so but anyway like i would want a good i would want to know like the rationale for why orcs in this universe could be green in the first place i think why you would have a variation in, in like green to red? That's like such a big difference, whereas you got like the elves in like Elder Scrolls Online, the Elder Scrolls universe, like they kind of have like a yellow sort of like coppery skin tone in a lot of the stuff. So
1: yeah, the piss elves from ESO, yeah, <laughs> the piss
0: elves. <laughs> Man, I get away with some. You know what? My 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 elf in ESO is actually. I, I get away with some things When the Meridia skin came out. And I was like, oh, I have to go earn that shit. Oh, yeah. Then I went and earned it. And I'm like, boy, he's just a light ringer through and through. Yeah. Oh, you know what's coming up for me? This is kind of a, an announcement, I guess. I'm right. joining a couple of buddies from the LFM podcast, which is one of the sister or, you know, fellow uh, sibling shows to this F- Ashes Pathfinder podcast. They're looking for more 5 p.m. on Thursdays. Uh, here on the channel, but <laughs> yeah. but we've been up uh, we've actually been planning. So I've talked about D and D before, and like how I'm not as I'm not as I don't I don't know how to play D and D that well. Like I've played it like two or three times total in my whole life, and each time it was not like it was not a continuation of the same campaign or anything. So it was like you jump in, we get started. I'm barely kind of getting my feet kind of rooted on the ground, and I'm starting to figure it all out, but. They're actually starting work. Renvel and um, Deanathan Napalm and myself were gonna be part of a potentially long-running D and D campaign, like Ooh. long, long-running. So we've got this whole campaign we're starting up. That's gonna be, you know, uh, was it the Lost Minds of Fendelver? I guess is what we're gonna be doing for the the first like kind of one shot, so to speak, not one shot, but the first like campaign, kind of short campaign that we'll do, which will probably run a couple months or so. And then essentially we're looking for more, which is great because that's the name of the podcast. But we're looking for more ah! to join. <laughs> 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 oh dad it's jokes, insane. he did it. He did it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're looking for more, a couple more, I think, to actually join that. So if anybody's super into D D you can hit myself up. You can join discord.gg forward slash some org. Go in there. Look for on the right side. You'll see categorized LFM podcasts. looking for more. Uh, you'll see Renfell. He's usually online. Him or myself or Nathan. Hit us up. Let us know. Um, it's like going to be a long-term thing though. So we're going to do this thing. And then the goal is like next year, early next year, we get started with a campaign that goes like the distance, like long long running. oh that's cool something along the lines that's of like cool. kind of what critical role does where they kind of have like these unique campaigns and things like that so if anybody's super into D D, you think you might want to be into something like that or whatever you hit me up we're looking for lot like true diehards i mean i'm even gonna like try to cosplay a little bit man to for real <laughs> i am and and i'm pretty sure if anyone hears this and you're good with like you know doesn't isn't there like a snap cam thing desktop app that you can get that like will add anyway my my partner oh i think so yeah she uses it and i need to get her but i need to find glowing eyes like light bringer eyes because i have every intention of if i can make it work every freaking time. that so
3: you can blind your party members while you're looting everything
0: consider it a feature aspect of who i am in game yeah my character okay. character yeah. i'm gonna I be like, a freaking paladin snap camera snap camera that's it so i need to get that anyway so that's starting that's i'm actually excited about it because i've wanted to for so long to be part of a DD campaign and i don't know enough about it and this is exciting for me and you're probably going how does this relate to ashes well ashes of creation was created from a pathfinder campaign steven had had homebrewed for ages right so this i'm excited because this is i feel like going to give me some serious like more insight now D&D is different than Pathfinder, clearly, right? Rule sets are different, but there's a lot that's also similar. And so I'm like pretty excited about being able to like really, really, truly learn the rules, educate myself on like all of the layers that is D&D. And I feel like that's exciting because, you know, Ashes has this in common as well. And well, damn it, I wanted to like learn this for a long time. So this is a really great opportunity, and I'm pretty stoked about it.
1: It's really cool, man.
0: Yeah it's actually probably going to be most days. I think it's actually going to happen after the Pathfinder show too. So it'll be like, I get done doing this and then probably things work out over hop on, like get a little break or something, hop on over and do that for, you know, two or three hours, grab a
3: snack, pour a drink and
0: yes. Right. I'm looking forward to it, man. But anyway, I'm curious where the, where the ashes family lies on this, you know, green, red team, green or red. Why, why or not? Why not? You know, what's your kind of rationale behind that? Um, but I mean, anyway, that's the Twitter post. We've got some more pertinent, pertinent things to kind of talk about. Like I don't know, man, the dying of the light.
1: <laughs> Every paladin's dream. I I saw the title and I was just like, oh
0: shit. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: oh and the pack of the protector that they did that was a
0: good one too yeah that was good wasn't that the one that had uh the dark souls vibe looking armor that we have seen in alpha yes and i like that armor too I, i i liked it in alpha as well it looked really nice it really did um I don't know, gentlemen. Jump on in. Thoughts on this current cosmetic pack? And I'm, I'm linking it here in chat. I'm going to go ahead and drop it here and visually take a look at that, y'all.
2: Every time I say, you know what? This one's my favorite pack. <laughs> they come out with another one. Uh, this legit was my favorite pack. I mean, I saw this and I was like, yes. oh, rip wallet. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they just yeah. look the armor, especially, but yes. I love that other cosmetic item that, like, cloak yeah that oh that cloak though that thing is yeah. epic
1: Yeah. yeah
0: the yeah. back how it's got that phoenix like emblem right and then a Just shred that. through it and you're like yeah. is that blood is it like dried corruption or like what is that it it's seen some shit.
2: yeah right yeah. Look, looking really good but uh yeah this is definitely one of my favorite oh, sets man. they've done yeah, they consistently raise the bar, so I'm actually really looking forward to as much as I'm looking forward to this set, I'm looking forward to see how they do variants for this, too. Uh, just because yeah. it's such a great base, but yeah, wow, yeah,
3: it is good, dude. It this really mount, is. like, I about lost my mind when I learned that this thing was a mount,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I'm
3: so excited to charge into battle, and, and, and I hope it just like I would love it if it had a space bar effect where it just like fires off all the gravestones out of its back and just launches them. (laughs) It just has to slowly grow them back over the course of like an hour or something. Just emerge new ones. But I start thinking, you know, I'm looking at this thing and I know with the animal husbandry system, we're going to be able to breed animals. Like, how what do I have to breed to get gravestones incorporated in the result? (laughs) What is happening here? What state laws am I violating to create this thing? Because this Like, I need to make more of these. (laughs) That's, that's all I got to say. I want to make a ghost ship dolphin or something. I don't know. I'm like, (laughs) I I love it. I love it. But I'm like, how far are we going to be able to bend the animal husbandry system to come up with something like this? Or is it going to really, really be unique to cosmetic skins that we can get the these kind of like non uh,
1: biological features within the creature? Yeah. I feel I feel like it might be cosmetic only. Yeah, like I feel, I feel like it might be just store bought only. Yeah. I would expect that, but I will still be sad because like it's gonna <laughs> be so weird. You're just like they. they... Stephen wants the game to be as immersive as possible, and then you walk around, you see a freehold with freaking twenty five of these right. monstrosities just in a pen.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to today, Fair. Sim? Or no, what are you up to today, uh, uh, Half Tilt? Oh, I'm I'm breeding my grave beasts. My, Man, my gravestones.
3: I'm growing cemeteries, but not in the oh, way so Sim does as he shred through the darkness. And I'm like
0: sorry. Cows. Yeah, Pasha, please. Like, yeah, make fun of. Him. <laughs> dude, it's just
1: no. oh, Honestly, dude, that armor is make that armor and that cloak. They're making me shake in my panties. This, <laughs> this is amazing. I love it. I haven't bought cosmetics <laughs> from. <laughs> i haven't bought cosmetics from their store in so long and now i know what i'm gonna be spending and i'm yeah. gonna be buying at least two or three things the freehold the armor and the cloak
0: the gargoyle's freaking cool man that's a cosmet pet cosmetic though like, yeah that's
1: adorable honestly
0: i'm like what's how's that gonna how's that gonna move right like how's that gonna <laughs> it's gonna be
1: like the stone pet right in, in ESO, <laughs> just gonna bounce
2: around
0: oh my gosh <laughs> it's like every time that we see something like this though right you end up seeing multiple variations of it in the world usually yeah or at least you see it as the mount or the pet or whatever but usually the little the little pets tend to be like critters in the world not always but a lot of the time so i'm curious if we're going to see this incorporated in somehow but like everything has got that like light imbued Vibe going on, like all the little cracks of like lighted. I'm just like, oh shit.
3: Yeah. I, it, it's neat because like I read the lore for <clears throat> for all the items. Um, was good. The statue was actually like it was the enemy of the alien empire yeah. that animated the statue. So we might see this around just <clears throat> as part of architecture yeah. as we're going through ruins and whatnot and perhaps there's still going to be some living variations around that have been embodied by the corruption mm-hmm this one has clearly been overtaken by the light, by the light. so that's yeah. it'll be neat if that's something if we'll see more of it
0: mm-hmm. you know what the armor reminded me of was the enchanted armor that you see sort of gives me those oh, vibes yeah. because it's like yeah, it's almost like it's one. yeah it's almost like it's an armor set but like the lights like kind of showing through almost like it's like a a light soul or embodiment underneath like that's the actual like Mm -hmm. body it's like light imbued or something so it almost looks like it could easily be like a ghost or something underneath that like with you know light kind of shining through but you see that through all of it too though it's like oh man the ship dude the ship was like my favorite of all of them ever by the way yeah oh i'm gonna be selling on that like everywhere on my main dude (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a really yeah. sexy Fucking ship. Everywhere. I love the
3: hull design. Yeah. I really, yeah. really I like I don't know if I'm gonna buy the ship one, but if I can find something like that that's got like very similar design but with more dragon style features to it, I'm a big dragon fan.
2: Um I i will go nuts.
0: Everything is Nightbringer, yeah, but the it's not Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
2: I love the detail. Like, I mean, I could see, and I don't know whether this is my eyes playing tricks or not, but on the sail, I could kind of see almost like a phoenix on the sail. Then you've got the the head with the glowing eyes. I mean, that's
0: that's pretty damn cool. I do see that now.
1: The phoenix here, yeah.
0: Oh shit. Well, it's like the emblem. This this is definitely
2: like, yeah they they have done (laughs) once again. I mean, there's just so much variety that they've just put in. I know like people you know have differing opinions on the amount of stuff they're doing and they're making available in the cosmetic store but Mm -hmm. what i think about is what they've always said is these are all base items for us to do things in the world that have you know base models that we can build other things from and it's like the amount of variety they have here it's just amazing it's like every month or something new and different, you can always find something that you like. Uh, and that gives you ideas for more stuff that could potentially be in the world. So yeah, it's yeah. Fun.
1: That's the redeeming quality of like these monthly cosmetics, like you said, is like stuff that you're going to be able to find in the world. Yeah. So like they're populating their world with a lot of items. It's just that yeah. this particular col- uh, color scheme and like maybe the light coming out of the armor, that's just going to be for this cosmetic pack. Yeah. The model itself will be right. available in the game through quests and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like Just go
3: and at the- it then it populates your npc world so plentifully too with yeah. all of these different base models and yeah, the different yeah. variation color variations and textures that they can apply to it from there. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like walking through Skyrim and every other guard is I used to be an adventurer like you but then I took an arrow <laughs> to the knee. You know, you're going to have a lot of variety and that's going to create an immersive world. Yeah. That's going to create a sense of a living environment and a living world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the fact that we're just getting a a, a different flavored version of what's already going to be in the game as a bonus that we can choose, mm-hmm. I, I I can't see any negative side to that really.
1: Yeah, and like maybe in like some location in the world, you pass by a lighthouse that seems weird, you, ang- you anchor down, you go on that island with the lighthouse and you see like 20 of these guys that are just mobs. And you gotta kill them, and then there's like pages mm-hmm. of a uh, of a book that like yeah. there's a little bit of lore about it. Like they're like you said, they're populating the world within PCs and with stories.
0: It's freaking everything about this man. It just I, I really like the cracked elements to everything, this cracked and almost like war torn, right? Everything, yeah. and then like light shining through. It's it it, it is very much Lightbringer, but this totally has like Halloween vibes to it too because
1: well for those who know like lore about ESO this screams Meridia to me yeah (laughs) like for those who don't know like the god like the god Meridia um in Elder Scrolls like she's uh, everyone sees her in the world a lot of people see her as like oh she's all about the light she's really cool she's really good but like it's to an extreme it's light to the point where it's corrupting yeah like there's no balance it's light only and this this screams it it's like there was so much light there that it broke everything that was pure about it oh my gosh yeah it does love it yeah
0: so it's in the shop now you can go check it out now if you're listening you're not here to see the visuals on on the screen you know, people on YouTube, people watching live, they get to see this. Stuff. If you're just listening, one of our listeners, um, yeah, I has isn't very often that I like promote show. Go check this out. This, if you want to understand your host, you know, deeply, read you know, it up. <laughs> Look at data. <Dale's> <laughs> Go check out this this thing because this, this screams all the stuff I love in, in how a character can look, right? Like, I just I freaking love it, dude. I love when my character can have, like, glowing auras about him, like with, like, the light and through the eyes. Like, one of my favorite things in the game is if I can do character creation or I can find some sort of a cosmetic and I can make my eyes glow, I freaking love it so much, dude. Mm-hmm. If I can, if I can, and look, when you look at me in, When i play the Elder scrolls like very 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 specific about my style like for my main character the way i like character build and everything i'm very very specific about exactly how i want them to look that when i get that look achieved i almost never change the appearance on that character i'll change my appearance a lot with my other characters and every so often if it's like you know halloween season or whatever if there's like an in-game event for some seasonal event going on i might adhere to that for a little bit for like a run here or there or whatever but you look at my character on the elder scrolls right now he's in his emperor armor and he's got the meridia skin on and that's like everything he uses like the freaking weapons have the same vibe the mount i have has the same vibe and for him it's always that way it'll always be that way It'll always look that way that's how my character is built for every game if it's possible like even I played the blood elves right at the time. <clears throat> the blood elves were one of like the two races with glowing eyes and the burning crusade. It was that early was it the, uh, um, freaking Draenei. thank you. Draenei. I, um, yep. it's one of the other, right. But I didn't want squid faces and, and hooves and stuff like that. So <laughs> I went with, you know, I went with the blood elves, right. Well, eh, you know, ears are a little big and flappy or whatever, but you know, a in. little scrawny, of course yeah, have of course right same and, here and, Blood and, of Paladin. yeah boy you know what i mean and, and but their eyes were green right and then there was like the was it the the later on now i didn't play one but the what light what's it they called the light uh board, oh yeah the, the light forge, light yeah, forge. Light forge. Yeah, yeah i saw the eyes and what are they they're like yellow eyes right
2: yeah, like, Oh, i was
0: they're like gold. that's good but it's uh, sadly i'm on my way out now so sorry but no but all <laughs> yeah. but if that had happened earlier and i was still playing it would totally look like that so this is what i love though because i i've said forever i was like you know i remember the early days of ashes and i was like man visual art style i don't know if they're gonna hit the marker for what i'd really what really resonates for me as a player and now and, they are oh and they are they've been hitting it for like a year and a half now a lot of the stuff from gen is always evidence of that with like the character modeling and everything <clears throat> but i didn't know if we'd ever get like gear and outfits that would have like ambient aura kind of light effects to them or not i didn't know if that was going to be part of the game plan and you know in the past you know year or something now we've started to see more and more of that being a possibility and that's exciting for me because i love that ambient lighting effect to have on like mounts and like armor not over the top with armor but a little bit with armor or like your character skins and stuff like that and I've always thought character skins would be that's something in the Elder Scrolls Online you have a lot of is like yeah. character skins. And I think that's yeah. like super good. Like the music boxes are pretty cool. It's very unique. Things like that. The more of that you can kind of create and cultivate for your own MMRPG, I think, all the better for it. So yeah, this this one hit the nail. I, I was like, this actually is my favorite of all time.
1: Yeah, Yeah. one thing like speaking about what ESO does, that is pretty cool. So like character skins, I hope that Ash's creation does it too, is personalities. Like what ESO does. Yes. ESO's personalities. Okay. So like, I'll be, I'll be honest, maybe you're not going to agree with me, but like 99% of them suck. They're really bad. Right. Like the commander personality, I was like, uh, oh, I'm super excited for it. And then you use it, you spend $20 on it because they're greedy and then you use it and it just sucks yeah. like a lot of their personalities are like that like the latest personality with like the uh, maniacal jester the only reason why people are getting it is to glitch it out so you wear your weapon like this oh yeah and so like it's really bad but it's a great concept yeah. and i hope Ash's creation does it because it adds to the character building side of thing nobody's gonna stand like every character is gonna stand in a different way or like the way Final Fantasy does it like every class has a way of uh has like an idle animation every race Mm -hmm. has a way of sitting
0: yeah you know
3: is that kind of what like I I I just recently downloaded ESO but I haven't jumped in and played yet but is that kind of what the personality is that you're talking about is it's just a like an idle animation of how that character lives in the world
1: the way you the way your idol idol animation is the way uh some personalities emotes. are like uh, the way you the, the way you do certain emotes the way you run yep. the way you walk st- stuff like that like it changes for the the personality. So like the assassin personality when you walk around you always have your knife out yep. on your belt and you have your hand on your on the pummel of your knife and you walk around like a murderous asshole but like <laughs> yeah like the assassin <laughs> personality is one of the best personalities out there the the, the deadlands guy is also a great one oh yeah you so, look angsty
0: i like the furious one the telvani one that cheryl mentioned in chat uh, is really, a good one that's a great example because like and also some of the personalities have emotes that are specific only to that yeah. and uh also some of it modifies so like the, i think the telvani one that's really cool i think that's one where ritual. you ritual yeah 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 like the books in front of you and then you can like mm-hmm. uh, the fire one's different it's more of like a light energy orb sort of yeah. thing uh yeah so like half yeah.
1: for example the telvani personality mm-hmm. like most characters when you do slash read your guy just pulls out a book and starts reading a book but for the telvani personality which is uh, the telvani are like a clan of dark elves that are mages yep. um when you do slash read there are three books that like appear in front of you and they start levitating yeah. and your guy is just like like this, and he's reading, and he's like flipping his finger like that, and the pages. Flip. Yeah. So, like, oh, that's cool. It is. But, like, this is Very amazing, cool. and I hope they do that for Ashes Creation. Yeah. Like mages, when you do slash read, they pull out a book that's levitating. Fighters, when you do like slash sit on the ground, like maybe like you, I don't know, you like uh, sharpen your sword or something like that. That oh, would be man. great.
0: That would be really cool, right? To have like personalities that tie into like your mm-hmm. archetype and then like ones that maybe are race and then ones that are like maybe you know uh social organizations in the game like kind yeah. like that.
1: The Thieves Guild and the Mages Guild,
2: yeah.
0: Dude. Like the the main complaint with like the Elder Scrolls I've always had is like, you know, it's there's too much of it that's shop related as opposed to like in the world that you can earn. But they're like definitely moving more in that direction, which is nice. But having, you know, Ashes having a focus on in-game achievable prestige or items or the best gear, the best things. I mean, this is like I think the personalities and and how that ties into emotes is an amazing example of what MMORPGs can do to just like deliver on immersion, man. Like it's such yeah, a big dude. Yeah, huge, 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 man.
3: If you do slash read on the fighter and just picks up a rock and breaks it over
1: its head. <laughs> you eat a bunch of crayons
0: right. just take a knife out scratch and engrave something in there look at it and then just like you know just like breaking your hands or like shatter it somehow with your weapon dude, dude. so it'd be so sick dude these I, I do have to say one more thing about the cosmetics though like there are months where they have and this is no like i'm not like you know talking smack i'm just saying as a consumer there are some months where like the the sort of like narratives for these. Yeah. Ooh, we got to talk about that too. Because I had that one. But the narratives, like sometimes I'm just like, eh, it doesn't really resonate. It doesn't really seem that great for me reading it. And then there's times like this where it's like, this feels rich. This is on point.
1: Yeah.
3: Can, 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 I, can I pose a question to that though? Because I mm-hmm. thought about this. The, the same sure point really. struck me as I read through this. Yeah. We know a lot about the light pact from the lore and information that we've been given a lot of the other uh, blurbs that we Fair. get for the cosmetics we don't have any context or background information on that True. so i wonder if that is kind of why it doesn't feel as rich because we have nothing to apply it to or associate it with
1: that's possible that's there's a, no background to it that's a good like point I,
3: I i've done a lot of digging into the light pack i've done some videos on the light pack mm-hmm. and tracking down some of the artifacts and everything uh that, that they may have lost to to the kraken and hopefully maybe figure out where that crack and uh, sunk the ship you know in the in the game one day but yeah. <laughs> treasure Either. hunting happening yeah. but but there's a lot of rich history there that we know
0: yes so I actually thought about this one too and <clears throat> I tried to like look at it objectively and look at different ones and there have been a few that I I confidently believe we really don't know much about that we've only gotten blurbs from in there And it seems like sometimes maybe just the way it's written sometimes like i don't know if it's necessarily like there's different people who've done it but there have been times that's been like stuff that's neutral that we don't really or i don't know anything about where it seems like it just really delivers like a narrative that i can sort of like picture and then other times it's not where it's definitely not stuff that we know about so i'm still trying to i'm trying to figure out like if it's kind of like it's getting done quick sometimes versus others or if it's like different people that are doing it, but let's talk about the people part.
1: Yeah, let's go. I know where you're going. You with
0: know it. where we're going with this because uh, you were here when we talked about it, but you heard they landed a particular person on the team.
1: Yes, I know.
0: To the listeners, where viewers were rehashing this one, but Pasha wasn't here, so we're gonna do it, dude.
1: Yeah, they landed a great name, a yeah. big name. Like a lot of a lot of people could argue that it's not a great name because a lot of people don't like ESO's um, narrative on the earlier content. I loved the Morrowind narrative. I hated the 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 the, the main story of ESO. I hated the five companion storyline. Oh yeah, but but Mister McLaughlin is that's a big name but the reason why i'm really excited about mm. the fact that they landed him is he knows his <laughs> shit. like he knows it really well he knows how to like handle narrative and he's going to have yeah um the background information to help build on the story of the game but the most exciting part about this and i'm not like talking smack about stephen because it, it's it's his brain baby, you know, like in the 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 whole story. It's his brain baby, but he's not a writer. Mm-hmm. He's not a writer, and as good as he is with his story, as good as his as his story is, he's still like the creative director, and he basically handles the entire game. He founded the studio and everything. So like he needs to focus on that and having McLaughlin as the guy who takes over the part of like writing the story with the tidbits that Steven gives him, that's going to free up a lot of Steven's time and he's going to be able to focus on the important Mm -hmm. parts of the job because as like the main, the big guy in the office, he shouldn't be just like he shouldn't be in charge of one particular aspect of the game right he should be in charge of like the entire development of the game so that's what he's going to be able to do now that's why one of my favorite sayings i
3: ever heard is when you're building a team if you're the smartest person on that team you're an idiot yeah and steven is embodies that because he surrounds himself and builds a team of great people to to take on a job and trust that they are going to do it well and bringing on win is a huge win um for for the team so (laughs) we had to get a couple in there
0: (laughs) oh man this is dad joke night isn't it
3: that's exactly as you said is steven's got the story and everything made up and, and ready to go but now you can entrust a professional writer to phrase it and form it in a way that is digestible by players and especially in a game, and I, I, we've talked about this before, where there is no voice acting ha- happening, yes. being able to deliver that emotion through text yeah. and how that story is written so and delivered hard. is
0: its is, dude, it really
3: incredibly is. hard, but it's fundamental to delivering on a good lore because yeah. that's what's going to make... Or break the rpg element of this game that's what's going to decide if people are like do i actually want to sit here and read all the lore and read all the quest text or am i just going to mm. blast through it to get to max level so i can raid and do arenas and compete at the highest level and just gear, gear grind mm-hmm. that's the difference maker to me
0: it's so true it really is man like and i take it for what you want i think that when you read uh, look no voice acting when you read over it, it is really tough to deliver to where it's something intrigues a person that like really captivates them via just text and I do think with voice acting aside that the Elder Scrolls has done has always done a really good job with that I truly believe that they've done a good job with it in their standalone single-player games I believe that even in the Elder Scrolls online it's, it's delivered whether you don't like the story or not I do think that overall, right, in the grand scheme of things, generally speaking, it does deliver on the narrative, even if you just talk about it via text, because I'll be honest, there's sometimes when I won't listen to the voices, or I'll have the kind of the audio turned down a bit compared to like, maybe I'm running around playing on a character, I'm not streaming it, I'm not doing any of the live stuff, right? I'm not interacting. I'm just in the zone, just a guy playing a game, want to have a good time. And sometimes I got music going, and I've got the audio level turned down right and i'm just focused on reading it and yeah win for the win clip gotta love alfina man she always delivers chat (laughs) clip queen man i'm telling you but seriously um i do think that this guy is going to be able to deliver and you know that the other thing too that people may may or not be remembering or aware of here is who has been in charge of crafting the narrative for ashes of creation hasn't just been steven since the studio started right there were two other Mm -hmm. people that we know of that were helping sam samantha right she's one of the people there Yep. and a person who's not there anymore jeff Jeffrey bard yeah it was jeff right so yeah take it off the plate man and have have like a team of people to where you're not really having to be you know as like heavily responsible for any part of that and you know delivering that to the people that are they're badasses at their trade i mean he's been bringing people in who are clearly good at what they do right clearly in every domain so and he set it up
3: for success yeah Uh, it's really what he's done he set his team up for success yeah now just gotta just gotta take it home
0: so we've talked about some this is
3: yours to lose intrepid
0: yeah (laughs) it's yours to lose my word (laughs) Read my words and know well, rest assured. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so this was uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of a couple comments here. We've got a couple discussion points for today, aside from the ashes news, ashes rants, but ashes rants always happen. So what types of um, types of abuses? This was one coming from the forums. I thought was a pretty interesting one. What types of abuses have we seen? in other mmorpgs that we really don't want to see in ashes of creation right it's a good lead into another talking point that Daedalus sort of presented to talk about this week as well but what what kind of abuse is for you all things you just don't want to see in ashes man
2: i mean are you talking like about bot abuse or something else could like... be
0: could be people player behavior could be bot abuse could be yeah all-encompassing things that are just abused in mmos and just really suck man just sucks to be in the game when that's happening
2: yeah i mean go ahead that's it. big big
3: one for me it's just going to be high level characters or high ranked characters carrying other people power leveling like the mage aoe power leveling and wow Classic especially was just it it was it became a meta where you just did that, you everybody made a mage so that you could power level people to earn enough gold to get your other characters power levelled by another mage. It, it it was terrible. It was just a terrible way to to play the game. The same thing when you get into ranked PvP, if you just have really good people that can queue yeah. up with terrible people just yeah. to carry them and boost yeah. them up to a certain rank or carry them to a certain achievement <laughs> level, it, it it really oh what 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 sort it just, it just makes it not feel as good when you actually hit that rank yourself, you know, not to mention it clutters those ranks
0: with people that shouldn't be shouldn't be there. Yeah, I get that. Didn't earn it. Do merit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, For me, it's going to be two big ones. One of them being somewhat new to MMOs or to one MMO in particular, but the first one would be um, it, it it's been on the discord for ashes of creation since the start and it's Zergs when it comes to open world pvp yeah i know like they're trying to make sure that zergs aren't going to be an insta win just because you have a lot of people zerging something um it kind of sucks when they happen and i am very skeptical as how they're going to counter zergs because like even if it's objective based dude when you have yeah three times as many people as the opposing team, how much of an objective like how much how big of a mechanic can you build to keep the zerg from winning? It's like sometimes even if it's just like, Oh, well, it's because, you know, to counter a zerg, you need to complete this objective and that objective and you need to run around the world to gather all these things Well, you have three times as many people. So of course, they're going to be able to travel the world into different directions faster than the when it's a group of like 10 people, for example. So like, I don't know how they're going to counter it. I just hope that they can at least help out in that way, because we have a lot of big guilds already in Ash's creation and the game isn't even out. And I personally, I personally will try to avoid servers where they go just because I don't want to even risk having to like, fight these people because it's just unfair and it's not even because of skills
0: yeah Um, can you i have a question too i want you to finish what you're saying but i just want to maybe get your feedback on this too what do you what you consider a zerg and how big that is or maybe it's a a player behavior thing but yeah uh
1: yeah so the other thing would just be proximity voice chat um they talked about how we're going to be able to have proximity voice chat right like Mm -hmm. like as far as we know there will be proximity voice chat and like when i tried new world um i wanted to take my headset throw it across the room but it's worth way too much money so i i didn't and it was horrible can you imagine streaming this game with voice proximity or proximity voice chat on twitch ban twitch ban instant twitch ban i i get the
3: impression it's a call of duty lobby
1: yeah like i spawned i just bond and i was like showing the game to my friend on to my stream partner i was just on discord Mm -hmm. with him and like the entire time it was just like of lures and curse words (laughs) everywhere it was insane wow And I don't want to have to turn it off because, like, it adds to so much of the fun being able to, like, just talk to someone that's right next to you. And, like, yo, can you help me? Like, I don't know, especially in Ash's creation, right? He said, like, you're going to have to read. You're really going to have to read the quest if you want to know where to go. And, like, I want to be able to, like, go see that guy, (laughs) Cheryl. Yeah. And I I really want to be able to, like, see that guy who did that quest (laughs) and be like, do you know where to go? Because like I, I can't find it in the quest. Oh, yeah. And like he replies and we do it together. It adds to the fun of an yeah. MMO meeting new people. Yeah. I agree. But I don't know how you're supposed to like counter that. It's tough. Like I don't even know if you can. It's voice chat. That's not text chat where you can just bleep out the profanity. And it's a proximity voice chat. You can't moderate
3: that because exactly. there's gonna be a thousand unique instances of it per server. It's impossible. Or more like you cannot moderate that. So yeah, it, it's one of those things. It's going to be a huge gamble, but it's going to be full of that. There's going to be full of people in there just to troll and be dinks and, or somebody will just be in their mouth breezy. So somebody might do what I used to do to those Call of duty yeah. lobbies and just crank some heavy metal and throw my headset over there, yeah. sit right next to the speaker just have fun. Mute me. I don't care. Right. I'm not listening
1: to you. I was just by the campfire in New World, and, like, nobody was talking. Everything was fine. No profanity. But there was this one kid who was just, like, in his mic, and and I could hear his mom scream in the background just <laughs> the whole time. It was so annoying, and everyone on voice chat was like, can you stop, please? And <laughs> He wasn't hearing us.
0: Oh, my gosh! dude! oh it's man! Like, yeah, cause I mean generally, you're probably gonna either have to more than likely the settings are gonna be on or off
1: it's gonna be on or off yeah. and, like it's gonna if if you want to go live you're gonna it's gonna have to be an off
3: public yeah. service announcement. donate your microphones, kids
0: <laughs> so what do you consider a Zerg like or what do you consider Zerg size, Pasha? This is actually kind of a important. Oh, yeah. Point you're hitting um, on now because it's sort of one that I'm reflecting on, which I'll talk about in a little bit too. But
1: Zerg size, there's no particular number for yeah. me. Um, a Zerg can be, well, I mean, it's, it can't be five people, but let's say it's a public world boss or it's a public dungeon mm-hmm. and you, it's made for groups of like eight and it's just eight of us and we're just doing the dungeon and then there's a group of, 120 players that come in and they just clear the whole shit up and it ruins the entire experience. And then I, had just, I just have to stand there and wait for the respawn. And they just farm it over and over again. That's a Zerg. It's when you have an amount of player that's so ridiculous compared to the actual challenge that the game poses, it becomes a Zerg. It becomes when you're just blowing through content, with no difficulty because of the number of players you have. It can be a hundred, it can be 500. It just depends on the, on the, the behavior. Difficulty.
0: It's the player yeah, behavior. If it's a world
1: boss that you're supposed to be able to clear with 200 players, but then you have 600 players that that go there, then it's a Zerg.
0: Yeah, this is something I actually had a conversation with, with actually a former guildmate that's not there anymore, but you know, Essentially, like, you know, it's talking about like, well, zergs are not just numbers. You know, you can't really like evaluate that you're zerging based on your numbers because you could have a certain amount of number, you know, whatever, 100 people. Another per- group's got 100 people. Right. And it's not just a number. It has a lot to do with the behavior, too, because you could have 100 people with like, you know, 25 people split off of four different locations on a map trying to like you know work on the objectives versus the per- the group that's got 100 that goes from one objective to another and just blows over it. You see that? Like yeah. you said, blowing over the objectives whatever it is and just having the sheer numbers and things like that just kind of be the deciding factor it doesn't come because I don't I don't view zerging as having a high very, very high bar of skill. That's just getting a bunch of people that can listen to one person's bark and say do this here. You it's mm-hmm. like hit A now, spam this button here. Like, to, to me, that's not a coordinated effort. That's not like, you know, people are sure they're going to be happy and everything with it. But, you know, when you've got a lot of people and you're just, that's the behavior, it's not even really a, taking objectives. You're just, you're just blowing yeah, over it, everything like a swarm. And it
1: doesn't even need to be organized. Like <clears> the <throat> best example for disorganized Zergs would be like in ESO where you have like your world boss dailies when an expansion yeah. comes out. The yep. DLC comes out. So everyone comes back to the game or every every YouTuber out there that covers games, like they he wants to make a video that's like Elizabeth Rose Online, is it still worth playing and stuff like that? And like <sighs> they go in the game and it's a world boss and it's made for like 12 people. Yeah. The difficulty. And the 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 developers know that. So yeah. like for the first two months, <laughs> they increase the difficulty for it. Well, the difficulty, the stats, the numbers mm. for it to be like maybe 30 people. Yeah. But then dessert the comes in because people need to do their dailies, and you literally have forty five people there. Oh man! And you can't like you have to be so quick at just putting one like direct hit on the boss to hope to god that you're going to be in the loot table. Yeah, true. That's true. Like dragons in elsewhere. Whenever it's like the elsewhere anniversary in ESO. This is crazy. By the time you get to the dragon, like there's already 40 people there and that you see the health bar that just goes way down super quickly. And you're like, that's a dragon, dude. It's supposed to burn down a whole city and he's getting taken down yeah. like a squirrel. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's... It's an interesting thought, too, because I know Stevens talked a lot about having anti-Zerg mechanics on the world bosses and raid bosses and open world bosses like that. To an extent, we'll have to wait and see how effective those actually are. But a a point you brought up earlier, Pasha, was the open world dungeon. When you've got your party of eight and (laughs) they're trying to fight your way through the dungeon, then a group of 30 just decides to come roll through and kill anything and everything in its path, including other parties where's your mechanic how at? do you combat that how do you stop that and if and if it's something that this one particular guild just is notorious for doing on the server i understand there's the politics aspect of okay well let's try to get everyone to bad together but i now you're leaving it up to the player base to do that or are people just going to be like this isn't worth my game time this isn't fun i'm going to peace out and go somewhere else
1: yeah i'm going to return to the end i
3: know i've been playing for five years yeah like i i tried to learn to snowboard when i was younger man and and i would wipe out and i, I was consistent insistent on learning but i'd wipe out fall on my knees fall on my ass and bruise them up pretty bad all the time and eventually i just said fuck this i'm going back to skiing i know how to do it i enjoy it yeah what, what what's the difference this is supposed to be entertainment and enjoyment so I, I like the yeah. aspect of the politics and everything in there. And the, the fact that, oh, well, if they roll through with a large group, there's less yeah. loot to be to go around. But that's not going to stop them if they can just do that easily and just go through and mop the floor if there's no challenge. Over and, 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 over don't and over do that because they just want to get it done. Mm. They just yeah. want the loot. They're not there for that, the rest and of the challenge. They're
1: all already guild in Ash's creation that they know that they don't have the numbers to like take or they don't have necessarily like the best player to like take a military node by force, like through the election arena system. And a lot of them are like, it's not even for immersion or because of the buffs, but they're just like, I'm going to go for a scientific node with my guild, just because we have a lot of people and it's democratic. So we're just going to zerg the political system to get the node, but that's not how it should work. Like, I know that Intrepid, I know that Steven wants the democratic w- system to work the same way as it does and it should work in real life, Or it's like, I like what this guy is proposing for the city, so I'm going to vote for this guy. But instead, it's going to be guilds. It's going to be Zerg guilds that are going to go for that because it's an easy win for them. Elections come up, they all vote for their guild leader, guild leader becomes the the mayor it's the democratic system of two
3: generations ago where it's <laughs> I've always voted liberals. I'm only going to vote liberals. You can't change my mind. Yeah. Just Here's because that's who, what I've always done. Yeah. You know, like that, yeah. that's the yeah. system that we're getting. That's And The crazy. only way you stop that though, is to put a cap on how many guild members get to vote. Yep. And is that fair? Is that reasonable to do?
0: Yeah. How do you balance that out?
3: Where we like, where, where, where where's <laughs> the equality? Cause on the same time, like to play devil's advocate there for a second, if if everybody's aligned in this guild and decided like we're going to play together we're going to do our things together and try to support each other why should they be punished for being organized and doing that under the same banner yeah i mean yes they can go after a castle that way ultimately as well and they most likely will and they'll probably take it and hold it because of numbers oh but but at the same time this is why they have caps on how many people can
1: sign up for sieges you know yeah. that and the whole yeah. fps aspect yeah. of it as well it's, it's and exciting. at this point it's fine then because mm. we're gonna have the big guilds fighting with the big guilds and that's fine like i would be down with that honestly in the chat anubis saying yep. guild members can't vote for their members yep and that fixed the zerg the zerg exploit i completely agree because like you said if they can't do that, they're just gonna go for a castle because castles are supposed to be for guilds. It's not this the cities that are supposed to be for guilds, cities yeah. are supposed to be for citizens just all of every citizens. player out there for the citizens, no matter no matter the guild. Yep. So make it so we can't vote for our own guilds, for our own guild members. Sorry, I, I, I drop
3: I drop guild, run for election, join guild mm, back, back after
1: I get yeah, after yeah, I that's, that's another problem. And yeah, the other I was layer. Just thinking that I have to,
0: um, and the other layer, too, is remember this is the benefit of like having a website where you've got to keep information updated is also remember yeah. the democratic system, right? There's a log, but it's not public, so you can't see. Mm-hmm. So There's anonymity to the the log of the voters, right? So you're not going to get to find out who did it. So if you want to
1: get to find out if it was a Zerg,
0: you won't. You would know it's not public. No. So then it's like, well, then, you know, everybody's the culture is probably going to be everybody assumes then that the guilds voting for the person, as opposed to the citizens and that the guilds are kind of overpowering it. then you got this automatic thought from the majority of people, Mm -hmm. not everybody, but people like to get herded. So the real talk is that people get herded by the overwhelming consensus or rumor, or, you know, what people are saying, the word on the street, which is, the guild, the Zerg guild had their people vote and voted them up. And so everybody's gonna assume that's the case. Yeah. The majority being everybody, not literally everybody.
1: And the thing is, is like like you said, um half-tilt, like they have mechanics against the Zergs, or well, they say they do, but then you have public dungeons that like how do you prevent Zergs in a public space like this? But then it's this they're also like of like shooting themselves in the foot when it comes to to like guilds taking over cities and nodes through the voting system because they did say that it's going to be more like wow right you're going to have your account but it's one character per guild it's not going to be uh or it's one guild per character it's not going to be like eso where it's five guilds per account right yeah so when you do that it means that we're just going to have an alt guild and all the, uh, the all the players in the alt guild, yeah. all the characters will be citizens and just vote for this guy who's not yeah. in their guild, and then boom, yeah. but it's the same account, it's the same player, but they just ensured by making it character based and not account way account based they just assured everyone that like you're going to be able to Zerg it mm. There's unless they have
3: something you. there, you can only vote once per account or something.
1: Yeah, on, if on they a do single node. Like I that. hope yeah. they do, but because otherwise, that's gaming the system to the end. Yeah, imagine right you there. have five alts and they're five; they're all citizens <laughs> of the yeah. same node, You get five <clears throat> votes for one dude.
0: This is like one of the things I'm I'm very conscientious about when it comes to being a guild leader for Ashes as of Creation, um, for a guild that's going to be in that game because there's. Uh, what I'm noticing is a very natural inclination both by some members within my own community and just generally in the ashes community as a whole to want to acquire more numbers it's it's a big thing yeah it's a focal point on getting numbers like regardless of what the the guilds like you know values or doctrines yeah it doesn't matter I'm noticing it across the board I saw a lot in Alpha The guild leader is
1: a dick. Who cares? It doesn't matter. I'm going to join them.
0: Yeah, I I don't think. Yeah, I think that's. It goes like that for mm, PvE. It goes like
1: that for PvP. And even for RP. People are just like, I just want to be in the big guild. Yeah. Do I know what the guild is about? Do I know if the guild is more friendly? If the the guild leader is an asshole? Like, I don't care. It's the big one. I'm going to join them. Yeah, there and, are a lot of mm-hmm. big RP, like yep. communities in MMO in, in MMOs, like for example, um SoCon. they're like in every single MMO out there and so many people join them just because they have a lot of people.
0: Dude, I didn't expect us to be talking about this, but it's like resonating for me because because that's like one of the things right because then it's like a leader. If you have like a set of like, you know, ethics and values and whatever. Like, how do you, you know, when you talk about like democratic systems and a lot of guilds have some sort of a democratic system to it, you know, to a degree, there's like, yeah, that's you know, for overall, generally speaking, like I know we do, you know, and, and mine and everything. And, you know, I think of some of the other ones that have like some, some form of a democratic system The the issue then is, is if you don't have a guild where the person basically says everybody, you know, jumps when I jump and you do what I say. Like if you're anywhere in between that or like we all have a say and we all contribute and all that, like no matter where you're at in the spectrum, right? If you're not that dictatorship model where like like a streamer guild, for example, like everybody does what I say or you're out. Yeah. When you don't have when you have anything that isn't that you have the dilemma of, well, what do you do when the majority kind of wants to be like this?
1: You're out. Yeah. You, they're like they want you out, literally. Yeah.
0: So you don't know, fit the go. mold. And and because it's what's popular. And in Ashes, it's going to be popular. And in a lot of games where you have large-scale PvP, it's going to be popular to want to have a large pop a large number of people. And anybody against the grain can be seen as like, well, you're we're not going to be successful if we don't do it this way. And I see that ideology as a failure in community. And I'm going to tell you why. Because as a guild leader i will say it's rare because that that dynamic isn't new to ashes isn't new to any other game that's currently out it's been around for a long time it's been around for as long as zerging has been around okay and the dilemma is is that is this when you have a lot of people that want to do that like if you don't adhere to this like i as a guild leader have had success in leading smaller number groups like 12 or so against 40 plus groups of people, right? And this is something I strive for. I want this, right? This is what I want more than anything is to be a community where you can have a small number of people. And absolutely, you know, be in oppositional force to the larger group because of skill that is important to me, right? And general
3: tester over here ladies and gentlemen
0: it, it, it it's been done it, <laughs> i love that though because then when you are successful it makes you work harder right it makes you focus more on your craft your trades your character your balancing of your gear and all that it makes you work towards like refining yourself as a player because you want to contribute to the greater whole this is something i love right and zerging can in a lot of ways not always but it can definitely take away from that because if you know you got a ton of other people. Why be exceptional? Why stand? Why work to stand out? Like, mm-hmm. I just need to be in the group because there's enough of us to make it happen. And well,
1: yeah, you, like you. I, I'm in the same mindset. I would want my group to work to excel. It's like progression groups in ESO that it's like not even guilds, it's just friends that just like work together to be the harder content. And it's always the same five people. And they have like this uh, dungeon night every week. It was super fun or like in the wow when i first when i played back in the day like in burning crusade um we were 40 people we were our guild was literally 40 people and if one of us didn't show up the raid was off the we just of didn't have 40 people but we did it still and we progressed like crazy because we were always all together and we wanted to excel yeah. it wasn't like you're not performing. You're out. We're gonna take one of the other 100 people we have in the guild to replace you. It was all of us 40s. So our leaders Tight wanted hit. us to improve. I sucked as a paladin healer at first, and then my leader was like, "Here, one of my officers is a shaman. He's a really good healer. Um, you're gonna train with him. Good like you're gonna practice. and am gonna teach you how to be yeah. a healer. Like, and he's gonna tell you like what yeah. add-ons uh, to to have and how to set them up. And like we're gonna practice. Every day until we actually like reach that point where you're top three healer. And like we did it and it was super fun. But if they had just said, like, eh, you suck, bye, it would have sucked. And that's kind of like the same point of a Zerg guild. It's your player base doesn't matter. Yeah. Your player doesn't matter. It's all about your numbers.
2: Yeah. I mean, just to add a point here, I think you guys have said it, but the way I look at it, um, success is about quality, not quantity. True success, uh, and and also when you get with a zerg guild, there's diminishing returns on the size, because just as you talked about, Pacha, oh, with goodness. your your guild of forty, right, you're you're not gonna have that synergy. I'll give you an example with Virtue. So we were coordinating with a kind of a large alliance, and we had a recent war where we were going up against a really tough opponent that had i mean it was the same amount of people but most of that party was max level and we had some people that were you know various levels so all kind of 50 55 plus and we beat them in that war and and the reason for that is there was a lot of effort done to ensure everybody coordinated everybody had the right buff food everybody had an assignment that was clear. There was, you know, good shot calling and strategy and we won the day because of, you know, quality over quantity. And I mean like numbers and like level, you know, definitely mean something in that game, but it didn't because we had a higher level of coordination. And so like personally, I always, even in like WoW, like original WoW, like vanilla WoW, I never looked for a big guild. I look for those guilds that were just big enough where we could do yeah. those types of things that you were talking about, Pacha, the dungeon nights and everything. Because yeah. the more you play with people, and I, I kind of, you know, I'm getting back into it now that, you know, I'm with Virtue, but in my WoW experience, I mean, 16, 17 plus years, however long WoW has been out, I never really had that experience except at the start of vanilla. Wow. Is because people don't necessarily care about that. You know, the vast majority now they're all about, I want to get to end game. We're a progression guild. So that means if, you know, you can't make the cut, right. And, and you're putting the effort, you still can't make the cut. Well, okay, you're out and we're going to pull somebody else in, or we're going to trim down the raid to make sure we can down this boss. And that doesn't create community at all, yeah. Yeah. right? And and that's not that's not a license to say, you know, be a lazy player and expect to get a handout. That's all about building a community and, and really making sure that people can be successful. If they're putting in the effort and they're willing to listen and take action on feedback, then those are the kind of people that I want to hang around with. Uh, yeah. And I, because... They're the ones that, in the long run, you're gonna succeed, and you're gonna succeed more consistently versus the fluke of having a zerg and winning the day.
1: Yeah, with an asshole leader that doesn't care about the yeah. uh, exactly.
2: their, their individuals.
1: Like, as a leader in a small guild, you want people. You, it's gonna be weird. To, it's gonna be weird, but hear me out. You want people to like you. And it's not because of a popularity contest, because you want to be loved, because you have some deep daddy issues. It's because if they like you and they like what you're all about, let's say your dungeon night is on Thursday, they're going to want to beat that dungeon and beat that boss as much as you do, because they like you, they like hanging out with you. And during the day on Thursday, they're going to be like, Oh my God, I can't wait to actually like do it. I have this plan. I." Do i have all my potions do i have all of this uh did i get everything i needed and then you're in wow horde side mm-hmm. and you're just jumping on the bank and orgrimmar just waiting for the raid to pop in and like you're looking forward to that moment because you like the people who are leading you like i remember in that guild that i was in like we we loved each other it was awesome we were all like so i'm in montreal right like in quebec and like we were all in Montreal. We were all based around that place. So like every year we would go like downtown to a barbecue and we would just like <clears throat> eat like pigs and like joke around and look like that bunch of nerds because we all played wow way too much and we were just a bunch of losers. It was awesome. But yeah, like you want people to like you and you want people to like what you're all about because the, your guild represents what you are and what you want. So you want your small group to all Get along for a reason, and that's creating a community. No matter how big it is, yeah. you don't want it to be too big because you lose that sense of family. That's exactly where a I'm number
3: at. in the system, right? Like, yes, at yeah. that point you lose that individuality, you lose that investment in the leader's vision. Yeah, and if you can't align your vision with theirs, like, yeah, it's game over. And, and you know, a good team will always beat a group of great individuals. Exactly what you were saying, Daedalus, being coordinated, having that expert shot calling and strategy and everybody having that time to play together and understand each other and just know your job and be able to execute it. Whether or not you're putting up the biggest numbers or not doesn't matter. It's filling the role and beating the mechanics and that coordinated effort against even another group of great individual players. You're going to be able to isolate and burn down one of them and disable any advantage they had. With their, even if they're better skilled, yep. like, it, 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 unless unless we're talking like into the Zerg mode where you've got a horde of zombies, the horde always wins.
0: Yeah, given enough
3: matter. time, right? And I know I don't mean that from a WoW faction standpoint because I play Horde and we often got our asses handed to us <laughs> by Alliance. But you know, the, the the zombie horde all will always find eventually just wear you down because it's a battle of attrition.
1: And that's why whenever there's a it.
3: battle of attrition, the Zerg will win. Yeah. yeah but if there's you know if it's a one and done you if you get killed you're out of the battle then you know that smaller group might actually have a better chance if they're well coordinated and that's yeah. that's a huge advantage and and guild skill points are something that might really be able to help with that with a smaller group in a smaller guild well we didn't get. We got a bit of a preview in Alpha yeah. One of what those are going to be, but I Love expect it. a lot more of that's going to be fleshed out and accessible mm-hmm. in Alpha Two. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens because I think, from the open world PvP standpoint, that's really the only way we're going to really be able to see a sense of balance between the small groups and the big groups is what those guild points uh, skills can mm-hmm. offer. Yeah. Yeah. Equitable or yeah. not. Yeah.
2: And one thing that I will say about that before we move on topics-wise is I would like as much control on that Zerg mechanic with the guild points with a larger group as well as with the smaller groups that are essentially multiple guilds that are just flavors of the same guild that are building smaller groups just to specialize in different things. Because I've seen that happen even in New World, right, where you have guilds that have like, you know, okay, this is guild one, guild two, guild three, right? And they're all, they have their own, you know, they have their own guild tag, but they're all working together um, in like a way that's expletive. Um, And I definitely want to, you know, make sure that there's some level of balance with that too. Not to say that it's going to like kill any, you know, small guilds, hopes and dreams but you've got to think through what players will do because you can't ever necessarily anticipate that. But that's one of the you know ways that we really need to test to make sure that Zerg guilds can't find a way to essentially be an amoeba, right? You cut them down and now there are a bunch of small guilds that are all working together and gaming the system.
1: Too. Yeah, just like in Battle Royales when you're playing solo mode and you have like three people that are just matched gaming. in the game and they just team together.
0: Yes. Yeah. So lame.
1: It's very hard. Much like It's that. really hard to counter zergs It's so yeah. hard. I don't think you can do it. So well, I I guess we'll just wait and see.
0: Man, we we went on topic here uh talking a little bit about this, but um yeah, we we actually this was kind of a good lead in to daedalus's topic that I wanted to chat about, but since we are running a little bit shorter on time and that I, I would foresee this being a pretty large conversation. I think we're going to kind of save this one for next time. And that's going to be when we talk about abuses in games, right? And then types of things that are abused by the player base, bots, et cetera. I think one prominent one, and this leads us into a bigger discussion point around just crafting, gathering, processing, all those things. Those are definitely areas where we've seen, you know, uh, just really problematic behavior, really ruining the marketplace and things like that. Um, But this is a bigger conversation about just crafting, gathering and processing and that interconnection between those those different sort of like levels of the grand artisan uh, artisanship system that they're going to have in Ashes of Creation. Um, And we'll have a conversation, I think, about that next time to kind of talk about the different layers, the different interconnectivity between crafting, gathering, processing. And I think even kind of piggybacking off of today and saying what are some ways that, you know, that hasn't worked out? Uh, we've had issues with that in the games before um, where those problematic types of behaviors have maybe ruined it. And I mean, there's a lot of reference points we can have on that. So we'll definitely talk about that next time. But gentlemen, as always, one hell of a show. We could have kept on going. But, you know, as, as my goblin saying, time is money, friend. And... <laughs> or in this case, time is just time. And we have probably run out of some. But <laughs> No, it's definitely
3: money then, too. I ran out of that. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so that being said, we're going to go ahead and wind this one down. We're going to pick up where we left off next time, talk a little bit more about crafting, gathering, processing, and ashes of creation. So bring your hats, bring your thinking hats, and we'll talk about that then. But might be the end of the show. We're going to get our fellow Pathfinders here to shout out their domains where you can find them when they're not here. We'll start with Pasha.
1: Sup? So thank you so much for having me on the show today, Sam. It was, uh, it was a pleasure to be with you guys again. Um, you guys can catch me on Twitch every Sunday at noon EST on twitch.tv slash Pacha TV. And you can catch me also on Twitter. Uh, Twitter, uh, it's at TV Pacha. Right
0: half tilt.
1: Hey, you can find me
3: uh, either on Twitter at half underscore tilt or come chat with me on Discord. I'm on there once
2: in a while. Just half tilt game.
0: There you go. And Daedalus.
2: You can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald.
0: And friends, might be at the end of today's show, but in closing, as always, please remember that you don't have to be on this podcast to be a Pathfinder. In fact, if you're here watching live, commenting on the YouTube videos, listening, commenting in Discord, doesn't matter if you're part of this journey with us, you are a Pathfinder too. Much love to all of you friends. Much love to Intrepid Studios and Till next week, you all stay safe, walk in the light, have a great night, and we'll see you again real soon. Night, everybody.
2: Bye, uh, take really care, folks. everyone.